I got love for you, man. You know what, I'm what are we talking about? You know, I'm not here to start any trouble. I'm only going to say nice things about you from now on. I think you're handsome, and I think you're a wonderful host. I'm fat and I'm overweight. Just don't say anything silly. I was waiting for you to say that. I'm not laughing about it. You think this is funny? I take this serious. You know, I don't want y'all to take anything that out of context that I'm saying. He's very funny. He likes to joke around a lot. As a personality and as an entertainer, yes. This is going to be really quick. I'm not taking any questions. Go ahead and get comfortable. I'm going to talk for a little bit. You're listening to Cabby Presents, the podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us. Whether you found this on iTunes or TSN or Facebook or Twitter, again, I'm happy that you clicked and you downloaded. If you're listening to this on the radio, stick around. We have a great show, I promise you. We're recording this in Toronto, which is the headquarters of TSN, also known as The Leader. And on today's podcast, we're headed out east to the current city of champions, Boston. Mila Lucic and Tyler Sagan of the Boston Bruins will join us shortly. And uh, in these weekly conversations that I have, a rotation of my close friends will occupy the co-pilot's chair. And this week, from the challenge and the real world, Evan Starkman is here to navigate our conversation. Dude, thank you for, for coming in, man. This is where you edit in the uh, fake applause. Right, the yes. Screaming girls. Yes, okay. and this is like, we're just going to rip some sound from like the Ed Sullivan show when the Beatles were on, where... Like the, the, you couldn't even hear their music; you just heard girls like wailing. That's okay. what we're gonna do. Okay. Do you have the? Uh, I know that TSN is you know uh, a very fashion-forward uh, organization, so I know that the sound guy definitely has the panty rip sound <laughs> on uh, on cue. That's number one or number two as a button. So just push that. Yeah. When, when I'm introduced. Right. Okay. You want? Uh, should we start again? No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I feel like we can edit this out. What uh, What are you up to these days, man? Uh, you know, just uh, I'm hanging out with you, just trying to get on the podcast. You know, I know that uh, in in the very infantile stages of the podcast, it's already number one on iTunes in Canada. So uh, very much like Kobe Bryant, I'm honored to be here and make this success at success. <laughs> You're already successful, so I'm only here to to hopefully push it over the top. Um, you know, to and, achieve success above success above yeah, above success. Exactly. That's that's exactly why I'm here. And then. Uh, Obviously, this doesn't pertain to any of your listeners, but I'm also hosting a dating show in Toronto called oh. Love Trap. Well, that's awesome. On what channel? On what network? Cosmopolitan TV, which... Uh, that's Canada-wide, right? Yeah. Didn't know it existed until um, until I got the job. <laughs> Still have a hard time finding it on the dial. Well, if you guys if you guys want to see Evan uh, mixing up with some uh, some men and women in some funny situations, Love Trap season two is coming out, right? Season two, we're uh, you know there's just lonely people everywhere, and um, some people need our help. So I'm 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 currently the uh, the hitch of Canada. Oh, okay. Yes, I, and I I know we have mutual friends that have been the benefactor of you being said hitch. Thank you. I think that uh, you and I are both equal. Uh, partners in in helping in helping we're helpers yes we are um we also know some people that are just unhelpable <laughs> this is true uh, well, i don't know if this pertains to one of your close friends but uh we'll have tyler sagan on, on the program and and uh and because you guys are so close maybe you can open them up and and have him give us uh, some anecdotes are you up for that challenge absolutely i'm uh, i'm excited i know that you've interviewed him before uh, but he's a great guy, and when and when you really think about uh, just just living the life, you know, 
I feel like he's just won the lottery. I mean, he did win the lottery in every pretty way. Pretty much, but yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool to be to be that young and, and have it all going on. So should be fun to have him on. But first, his teammate and one of the baddest in the league, Milan Lucic, joins us on the phone. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Joining us on the line is one of the most physically imposing yet nicest dudes in the National Hockey League, Milan Lucic from the Boston Bruins. Welcome to the Cabbie Presents podcast. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, so, dude, you're like, um, okay, so because you're one of the most physically imposing guys, and like you're like <laughs> when when you're on the ice like it like I, I imagine some dudes are worried because you have both skill and you're like aggressive as hell. So I want to ask you this: Sidney Crosby has returned to the NHL, you know, and, and everybody's celebrating because the kid's back. But what's the rule on Sidney Crosby, Milan? Like, are you actually allowed to hit him or engage him? Yeah, definitely. I mean. You know, every player is the same out there. Just because, uh, you know, you know the guy's had a, a couple of concussions, unfortunately, doesn't mean you can't hit him. He's on the same ice, and you should treat him uh, the same way you do everyone else. So, I mean, uh, but Milan, Milan, Milan. There, there's like, there's like an unwritten set of rules in hockey, which you, you are, you have to abide by, and obviously you play by. So, like, when you have a guy that is so skilled, the face of the league, it's not as though you can actually fight him, can you? No, well, I'm, <laughs> well, I don't think uh, me and him will be getting in a fight anytime soon. But uh, as far as hitting him and going like doing stuff like that, he's, you know, he's a he, he's a strong guy, and he's you know he's definitely one of the quickest guys around. So he's tough to hit. That's why he really doesn't get hit that much. So. Uh, <laughs> I mean, but there's a rule, though, isn't there? There's 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 a rule, isn't there? Like you, like guys like yourself who are who are skilled players, but also like fighters. You can't just fight anybody on the opposing team, right? You can't go fight the really skilled guys, can you? Like Giroux, Malkin, um, Datsuk, you know, Crosby, um, like Ovechkin. Well, maybe not Ovechkin because Ovechkin's pretty tough. But you can't like engage those guys, can you? Isn't there a rule? No, well, there, I know what you're trying to get at. I guess there is a bit of a rule. I mean, uh, you know, uh, when you're getting in there or whatever, obviously you got to play them hard and kind of get in their face. But, uh, you know, they're guys that are not really known for fighting. But, you know, they're, they're you know, if they fought each other, that'd be that'd be pretty entertaining, entertaining out of all the guys you just mentioned. But, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, a rule, and I kind of know what you're getting at. Like, for myself, I'm not going out of my way to look for a fight against um, any of those guys, but let's say like if we're playing in a playoff series where it's you know it's it's do or die and you're fighting to to move on to to win a Stanley Cup and you know uh, you know a scrum ensues or something like that. Like last year, you had you know Seidenberg and Kessler fighting and and, and whatnot. So uh, you know sometimes it happens uh, even more so in the playoffs and, and you know those guys are, are are guys that are competitive and that they, that's what makes them such great players but uh i mean you know uh, i'd like to see them fight each other more than uh other, other <laughs> tough guys that's for sure but if you if you ran over Sidney crosby in the next three weeks i mean wh- what are people saying to you on the bench or in the dressing room afterward? I mean, I, I just don't think that's a high-five situation. <laughs> You're not getting, like, an open palm in the glove high-five. 
if that's yeah, an open ice hit. Not by the Pittsburgh Flamings, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know, you definitely, you know, it, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's a guy like him, and, and you know, if, if, if I ran him over, let's say, you know, you definitely have to answer the bell with, with some of the guys that they have on their team that would step up and stick up for him, like, you know, like Derek Englund or, or Aaron Asham, and, and, you know, they're going to do whatever they can to stick up for their guys. So, uh, you know, Crosby's a special player, and he's he's the best player in our league. And, and uh, you know, I'm happy to see him back because I enjoy watching him play, I'll tell you that much. So who are the – like, are there any guys on your team that can actually – just say you guys met up in the playoffs. I mean, you alluded to it earlier that during the playoffs, like it's kind of like all bets are off. Like everybody's fighting for the same goal. Now, are there are there any guys on your team that can actually fight Crosby? Like that wouldn't that wouldn't violate any of these unwritten rules in the game of hockey. Me, the only person will be me. <laughs> no, like, other than you, Evan. Well, uh, I mean, I, I know you guys are going to talk to Seg, but I mean, uh, Tyler, I wouldn't see any problem with him and uh, Tyler again going. <laughs> You know, they're both, uh, one's the first overall pick, one's the second overall pick. They're both, uh, you know, guys who put up a lot of points and, you know, score some goals. And, you know, that'd be, that'd be definitely an interesting one to see. You know, I think uh, Crosby's first ever NHL fight was against Andrew Ferentz. So, uh, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see a rematch if they wanted to, if we faced him in the playoffs. See, I just picture when, if Crosby were to get another fight, when he has that bedtime situation where he's laying in bed and Lemieux's in his rocking chair telling him <laughs> goodnight stories, like his father, his father figure Mario might might be a little hard on him that night when he, he's tucking him in. Well, well I, I think he's more so just going to tell him to, to be smart. But I, you know, I, I remember seeing some things, and one thing, you know. Mario always stuck up for himself when he needed to. When, when well, he that was dude was like six four, like two two thirty, like he was a big oh, dude. Yeah. And, and he played in a different time too, you know, where you kind of, you know, it was a different time. And and I remember, you know, seeing he kind of had a mean streak, but uh, uh, with, with Mario. But uh, I, I don't know. I mean, you got to be smart about those things, you know. I've I've had a I've had a couple of concussions too, and the last thing you want to do is is you know get into a fight right away. Uh, you know, especially with only you know ten games left in the season, I think you're better off uh, uh, being careful and, and taking it easy and kind of getting yourself back in the groove before the playoffs start than worrying about getting into a fight or something like that. Well, Milan, I mean, based on your track record, you never take it easy. I mean, you are like a tank, and I don't. You, you're probably not aware of this, but when a couple of years ago, I was having lunch with a friend of mine that played that used to play on the Toronto Maple Leafs. And we were talking about you, and he said that when you knocked out Kamasarek when he was with the Habs, it totally changed him as a player. Like, you knocked the confidence out of him. Are you aware of that? Uh, uh, you know, I've heard some people tell me that, but, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a big, strong, physical guy. and uh, Yeah, so, so are you, but, and you're bigger. <laughs> uh, maybe I'm a little bit meaner. Who knows? I mean, uh, I'm a Gemini, right? So I kind of got that split personality thing going. So you know how you're talking about I'm, I'm a nice guy off the ice, but when I'm on the ice, that split personality thing comes in, and I kind of flip a switch and kind of go a little crazy. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, we we see your work, homie. So like, we see it in HD every other night when you guys are playing. <laughs> so, but okay, but so so like so this happened when you guys played Montreal. I think it was that I think it was that playoff series. 
And, like, so you have this, like, that would immediately kind of, like, you have a, a 1 in the in the W column and a 0 in the L column. So every time you play him, that is that in the back of your mind, like, I've already knocked this guy out. Like, he's either going to try to come get me or I know I can handle him again. Not at all. I mean, the one thing that I've I've always gone through things is is you know you, you never want to let your guard down even if you you know beaten a guy in a fight or anything like that. So uh, yeah, I mean, we played him on on Monday night there, and and you know he definitely wasn't shy. You know to start the game, you know he he started off you know hit me and and, and all that type of stuff because you know we were playing you know that was a matchup of the night so. Uh, you know, I, I never let my guard down, uh, regardless of, of, of what's happened in the past. And, you know, just kind of, obviously you gotta, ha- you always have your head up with the guys that you've always, that, that you're playing against. But, you know, that's one thing that, that, that's what I never do is ever let my guard down, no matter who or, or what the situation is. What did Commissarek say to you to get it started? Cause like we, we can only, as the audience, we can only read your lips and we can only surmise what you guys are saying, but what were the words that he used? And you're like, all right, let's, let's, let's get into it again. And I'm going to bust uh, up your face one more time. I don't really, I don't really remember to be perfectly honest. You remember, you he was, it was like three feet away from you, doggy. I'll jump in. <laughs> when I was in prep school, I remember this. I was playing puck in prep school and we were playing Boyle at the time. And, you know, everyone's talking about this kid's a stud. He was playing for St. Peter's. There's a bunch of scouts there. He'd already scored, like, three goals. What school did you go to? Bridgeton Academy. Okay, keep going. So, Boyle's on the ice. He scored three goals. There's all these people there, and I'm thinking, God, I got to do something special here. So, I looked at him, and I said, listen, let's, you know, let's, let's, let's take the mitts off. I mean, you've done enough. And he looked me dead in the eye, and he said, I'm going to make your face bleed. And then he did. Oh, he did? He did. But it was the most intimidating thing that's ever happened to me because it's sort of like if someone's telling you how tough they are, they're going to they're gonna hook up with your mother or they're going to take your sister for lunch. <laughs> you're like, all right, cool, man. But when a guy looks at you like that and says it's like sort of some, such a psychotic thing to say. So, yeah, we want to know what he said to you. Uh, I wish, honestly, I wish I remember. It was probably, I don't know, a lot of the lines of F you or, or, or something <laughs> like that. Uh, or like what the hell, or, or something like that. I, I I wish I remember, but but as far as me going and talking on the ice, it's more more of the long lines of, of what Boyle said than you know than, than chirping about guys in personal life or something like that. So Dude, you know, hey, wait, 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 Okay, so what what is like? There has to be a line that you've said. You're like, holy, I can't believe I said that to the dude. But then you backed it up. So like, what is that line that you've used that would strike fear into the heart of an opponent? Uh, you can take the cuss words out or just keep them in. We'll bleep it out. I mean, uh, uh, I'll kick your, you know, F and ass or, 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 or stuff like that. You know, it's just, uh, or, or if a guy has something to say to me about, about whatever, if they want to make fun of my nose or, or something like that, <laughs> I'll try to say, you know, all right, fight me and try to break it or something like that. You know, it's just you know, just little things like that, and 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 that's basically it. Okay, last thing on this topic, and then we'll move on. Um, will you send uh, Commissarek a get well card? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think he deserves one, dude. You, he, the dude's pretty. You're trying to get. You're trying to smash up his pretty, Milan. Well, I, I thought girls, chicks, big scars, and all that stuff. I mean, I you know. 
Hey, you're you're a painting, homie. It's beautiful. <laughs> so yeah. so I want I want to take I want to take us back real quick to the Stanley Cup run and not exactly you know, the games and all that kind of stuff, more of the environment around it. So, like, you're from Vancouver, which must have been insane to play there four times during the Stanley Cup final. But my question to you is, what's the most that you had to spend on tickets during that time for well, any think, particular uh, game? In the whole finals combined, just in Vancouver, I think I spent almost about $17,000 just on tickets. Oh, my gosh, wow. dude. That's like – and was everybody and their cousin's brother hitting you up for tickets or what? <laughs> Well, I was getting a lot of requests, that's for sure. But I, I think the the counts were I ended up getting uh, 15 for the first game, 13 for the second game, uh, three for the fifth game, and then eight for the for the final game. So, I mean, uh, you know, we only got 50 tickets as a team to share within all the group of guys. So I only got a handful of of what I could get from the guys. So uh, a bunch of them I actually had to go on. Uh, on what's it called on eBay or or, or whatever or something on Craigslist on uh, to see if, if people were getting tickets. So uh, that's where they got really expensive, especially on Craig Craigslist. Craigslist trying to you know someone over a thousand bucks a pop. So I mean, uh, you know, looking back now, it was it was definitely money well spent, and everyone got to enjoy it. So uh, you know, it might never happen again. So now, it was it was money well spent. Is there an unwritten rule? Like I know in college. You know, if you're a rookie or something, you're giving up your tickets every time to some of the older guys. So you have, as a team, 50 tickets. Is there a hierarchy? Who gets all the tickets? Like, who can walk into the room and be like, guys, I'm taking 12. The rest of you can fight your <laughs> way on eBay. Just be a jerk about it. Or who's taking the 12 and then putting them on eBay and selling them back to you? Well, I, everyone gets their two. So everyone everyone is, is guaranteed two, no matter if you're a rookie or if you're Mark Recchi. Right. And then obviously, you know, some guys might not need their two because some guys are from the East Coast, some guys are from Europe. You know, some of their, you know, family members aren't making the trip over. So what ends up happening is obviously it starts at the top, you know, starts with Mark Recchi, who's got the most games, and obviously he's the oldest guy on the team, and it, and it goes down from that. So, you know, uh, luckily we have a lot of guys from uh, Ontario and, and from Eastern Canada. We don't have very many Western uh Western Canadians on our team, so most of the tickets went to me and Recky because he's from Kamloops, British Columbia, and uh, it was it, it worked out perfectly for the both of us. Milan, now you said something interesting. You bought tickets off of Craigslist. Like, how does that work when you show up to physically get the tickets from a person, and they're like, "Holy crap, it's Milan Lucic!" Like, how does that work? Uh, I actually had my girlfriend. She she helped me out big time with uh, with the whole Craigslist thing. So uh, she, okay. She helped me out of time, so she she actually went out and uh, and, uh, and and went and picked them up. So she was uh, she was definitely a saint when it when it came to help me out uh, with things like that. Okay, because I, I would wonder what that would be like for someone from Vancouver and like and seeing you show up. They're like, holy, and like they either they crap their pants or they just try to jack up the price because they know that you can afford it. I'm just I'm just curious and on that. It's funny. Uh, we actually got denied by some people, if you can believe it. Some really? Some of their tickets, yeah. Based on who you were, or based? Yeah, based on who I was, and and and, and well, their rule was that they weren't. They were only selling to Canuck fans. They weren't. They weren't going to sell to Boston fans, and, and especially me. You know. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, which, I, which I found pretty funny, and and you know I found pretty cool too. You know, it's just you know 
Uh, you can respect that. Yeah. Yeah, a lot, lot on the line. Uh, you know, people want their team to win, and 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 uh, and, and uh, but but then again, there was obviously some guys that were really nice, and the guy that hooked me up with the tickets that I needed off Craigslist uh, was 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 really nice. Is it true that you guys stop getting paychecks after like the last game of the regular season? Like that's the last time you stop getting paid by the team? Yes. So you played an extra two months of hockey for free. Play you basically played for pride and the other twenty two guys in that room. Hey, you said it right there. It's all it's all for pride, it's all for you know, what really matters. So we didn't really care about the paycheck at the end of that because, you know, uh, to be honest. You know, it, it doesn't compare. You know, winning doesn't compare to the, to the paycheck and all that type of stuff. It's just, it's just a special kind of feeling that you know, uh, you can't even describe. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm trying to figure out uh, what words to bring up to, to describe it. But uh, I definitely, you know, uh, it, it don't matter when when you're in the heat of the moment like that in a playoff run. Now, Cabby and I before before we started the podcast today, we're kind of having a a debate about Boston athletics and the hierarchy of, of, of athletes and teams and, and who kind of runs Boston and the mass area. Yeah. Do you feel, I mean, obviously you have the, the Patriots who have been super successful. The Boston Red Sox brought the trophy to town twice. Uh, do you feel like after winning the cup, all of a sudden, like you started getting the tables over the Red Sox? Uh, I mean, did, did you feel a change in the city? I, I think so. I think a little bit, obviously, just because they've they've waited 40 years for this, and and to be honest, I was getting a little sick and tired of hearing of of, of when are we going to bring a, a championship back to Boston because the other three teams have. But uh, I mean, we're we're the I, I don't want to sound cocky in any way, but I guess you can say you know we're kind of the new the new kings of the city, and 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 you know we're we're not the the last team to to win a championship anymore, so. You know, when you were, t- it's there's still that crazy buzz about you know us winning last year. But uh, you know, you want to talk about Boston athletes in in uh, in Boston. I think uh, no one's even close to to Tom Brady, so he definitely takes the. Yeah, yeah, that. but when you take Tom Brady out of the equation, <laughs> like, does Manny Ramirez still get a table or no? If you walked in side by side with him, who's getting uh, seated first? I I honestly. I, 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 if he, if it was the north end of Boston, I, I think I'd the first table, but if it was anywhere else after that, I think he probably would. Yeah. <laughs> hey, have you met Tom Brady? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Have you, so is there any, is there much, is there much crossover between you guys and any other Boston, like the Celtics? I mean, you guys play in the same building and uh, the same time, like the same season, basically. Do you guys have any, like, charity events or, like, is there like the chairman's dinner where they're both of the teams are together? Uh, you know, that, that's actually the, the funniest thing out of everything because, uh, you know, like you said, we play out of the same building, and and most of us, most of all the guys are downtown, and it, we we cross paths maybe the least out of everyone just because, you know, when they have charity stuff, you know, we'll be on a road trip because you know that's going to be their home stand, or you know, when 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 we have charity stuff. You know they're on a road trip because that's one of our homestands. So you know uh, that that's probably the the biggest reason why we don't cross paths uh, more than anything. But you know a couple of us are, are are buddies with some of the the, the Patriots guys. 
uh, I'm buddies with uh, one of the linebackers here, uh, Ninkovich, and and uh, a couple of us are good buddies with that uh, Julian Edelman. Nice. And uh, you know, a couple of us uh, know Big Poppy. He's 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 a great guy. He's probably one of the nicest guys that, uh, out of the sports athletes that, that that we've met. And uh, so you know, it, it's pretty cool when we see a bunch of them. I know Sean Thornton's real good friends with uh, Euclid and and all that type of stuff. So obviously, there's that pretty cool bond that we have between each other because. You know, we've all won championships here within the last, uh, you know, five, six years. So, uh, you know, there's that, that pretty cool bond. Is there, a, is there a, something you could tell us about what you've heard about Tom Brady that people don't really know? Or even Big uh, Poppy? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I, well, Big Poppy, he's, he, he, you'd love him. I, I know you, I know you, Cavi, I know we've hung out a, a, a couple times and, yeah, you guys would, would definitely get along because you know, he's a jokester. He definitely likes the, the practical jokes, and he likes to have fun. So that's basically it. And uh, Tom Brady, I don't know. I, I guess he has great hair. I guess that's one thing that goes on about <laughs> No, him. we know that. We know that. We see that, dude. We see the <laughs> locks flown out of the back of the helmet. I don't know any inside, inside scoops about him. I think he keeps a pretty low profile. All right. So, okay. So you mentioned, like, you know, off the top of the show, I was saying how Boston is the new city of champions, and you mentioned how all you know the Red Sox won you know, twice in the 2000s, the Celtics won in 008, you guys won in 2011, and uh, uh, and of course the Patriots won you know uh, 2002, 2004, 2001. Um, so I want to I want to know about going to the White House. You know, since you're in Boston, I'm sure you maybe told your story on, you know, WEEI or some of those local channels in Boston, but I don't know if that's really filtered back here in Canada. Obviously, you get the Stanley Cup for a day and you experience it with your family and friends, and we could see that because, you know, a lot of guys return back to, obviously, you return back to, you know, you go to Vancouver, Marshawn be on the East Coast, Sagan is from uh, uh, the Toronto area, but when you, but as you're going to the White House, like, do you guys have to submit, like, paperwork? You know, do you have to get, like, a permission form signed by your parents? You know, like, in public schools, like, pink, and you have to, like, cut the bottom off and get mom and dad <laughs> to, to sign it? Like, did you guys have to fill out any paperwork before going to the, to the White House? Uh, no, we didn't, but I, but I think, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure that the Bruins had to give everyone's uh, information to you know the, the people of the White House so they can do a background check on everyone before we came in. I think I think that was the process that, well, that that had to happen before we actually went to the White House. The other question that I have is that, like one time in my life, the cool one of the cooler, not as cool as the White House, but maybe cooler. I got to go to the Playboy Mansion. And when they called me, they said <laughs> you have to wear pajamas. <laughs> so I remember being like super stressed out. For like weeks, being like, "What? What are pajamas? What? What's going to fit in? What can I wear? What's going to be cool?" Before going to the White House, was it just a suit out of the closet, or was it like, "I need new socks and I need fresh underwear on," <laughs> and like all those little things that you, you know, was it a fresh suit? Well, you know, you, we definitely want to look good. I mean, we were going to the White House, and, and I brought up the idea of kind of kind of dressing like uh, you know, like pop or like kind of almost like. Um, Secret Service type, you know, with a black suit, white shirt, black tie. Yeah. So we kind of went with it, so everyone kind of looked the same, and, and we looked proper. So uh, we did that, and actually, 
the pictures came out pretty cool when we were all standing there behind him. Now, Milan, when you guys are on the bus, okay, so you, you fly into D.C. or you fly into Virginia, you're on the bus on the way to the White House. Does Eric Tosi, who, for people who don't know, is the you know the PR director for the Bruins, does Eric stand up and read you guys a list of rules of, like, things you cannot do or say or rooms you can't go to when you're actually in the White House? Uh, well, obviously everyone's first question is about the Oval Office, but I guess when... when when the president is in-house, like, half of the, the White House is, is shut down just for him. So that includes the Oval Office. So unfortunately, we, we weren't able, even able to, to see the Oval Office because of, of that rule. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he, he went over some stuff that, you know, some places that we couldn't go or, or obviously you don't want to, you know, screw around and, and around the Secret Service that was around us and, and do something stupid where... They're going to throw your arm behind your back and have you pinned to the ground. <laughs> so, uh, so obviously you, you wanted to, you know, there's, there's some things that, you know, you should look out for and all that type of stuff. But like I said, the main thing was was a couple of rooms, well, pretty much half of it that we weren't allowed to, to step into. But but so it was, you know, I thought it was a cool experience. Uh, the security walking in was pretty cool. Uh, one of the things that we had to do, you had to stand over a fan and it blew your scent into a canine dog. And, and, and so the, the, the dog would smell you to see if you had drugs on you, if you had anything on you, before you went through the through the metal detectors. Wow, so the dog will give you the sniff test. He's like, this guy's all right. This guy's no good. It would, like, start. Did anybody yeah. get barked at? No, no, everyone was clean. <laughs> Who looked the most nervous? Because like, even now when I drive through an airport, like when I'm at the airport, I still feel nervous. You know, I'm not doing anything wrong. Let alone like with the Secret Service. So who was kind of shifting to the back of the line, like just, yes. just wondering, like, uh, when was the last time I had these shoes on? I, I was, I was right at the front, uh, so I didn't really, uh, uh, I didn't really see who was kind of shaking in their boots, unfortunately. So okay, so when you okay when you get off the bus and you're walking into the White House, you say you go through this little security area. Like, do you have to leave your passport or like yourself? Are you allowed to have your cell phone with you? Uh, I think the rule was uh, we couldn't take pictures with our uh, with with a personal camera, but we could take pictures with our cell phone. Yeah, because so we they, they're because they're tracking your phones anyway. <laughs> yeah, we, we can text and talk on our phones and take pictures on our iPhones and, and do whatever we wanted with our phones, but we couldn't take pictures with our with our whatever Sony camera if we if we had one you know what I'm trying to say yeah yeah totally now did you guys get to shake hands with the president I mean what's his hand feel like like he's a basketball player is it soft I mean <laughs> I, I, was, I was just gonna say I'm very soft yeah you know what? He, he's actually a lot skinnier than I thought he was and he looks on TV he's skinnier is he tall he, he's what like six two or something yeah he's uh, he's a little bit shorter than I am so, like, okay, I, I have the story. Like, I don't know if – so uh, a couple years ago I read in a GQ magazine that uh, – I think it was GQ – that Derek Jeter on, like – he had a birthday party at his place in New York. And he um, – and what he did – this is, like, 2000 or 2001. When guests arrived at his place, they had to leave their cell phones in a basket and then go into the party – because he didn't want anybody to take pictures or record anything, which I thought, like, in the year 2000 or 2001 is, like, super astute and, like, 
like he he's like like super intensely a private guy and it actually takes a lot of thought to think of that like I don't want to get burned by any kind of photos or any anything like that so so when you were there like you got were you guys was there anything you guys weren't allowed to take pictures of other than so yeah were, is there anything you weren't allowed to take pictures of no no there was there was all the rooms that we were taken into and all the stuff that we saw we were allowed to take pictures of but you're talking about Jeter. He was, he did that almost ten years ago. He was ahead of the game. Now oh, hugely, way ahead of the curve. Ten seconds, you can see exactly what someone's doing, right? He's yeah. inventing the game. He's giving out grab baskets to <laughs> random girls. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, I always feel like visiting the White House at now would be, you know, when you're like a nine-year-old and your class gets to go to like the museum. And there's always the one kid who wants to like go go on the one side of the velvet rope or like touch the the dinosaur bone. Yeah. Like what was there anyone what's the most inappropriate thing? Like who broke who bent the rule just a little bit like ducked their head in the one office or did anybody break a vase or anything yeah, like yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well they took us into the china room and you couldn't get your hands on everything cuz everything was behind a black case. Uh I mean there was this one painting that was like from I don't know 250 years ago or something like that that was in one of the rooms and it was a special oil painting, and I guess it was worth $1.8 million or something crazy like that. And uh, I'm sure some of the guys touched it to see what it felt like. But I, I, I <laughs> Somebody licked it just to see if it was actually yeah. paint. Just to say that they did, right? But uh, I was always one of those guys that, you know, uh, well, the way my parents brought me up was it was a lot of discipline. So, I mean, I wasn't allowed to touch, touch the, the, the crystal bowl that held the candy on the coffee table growing up as a kid. So I was always the guy that stood behind the, the red velvet rope and didn't touch the dinosaur bone or anything like that. So <laughs> I was, yeah, so I'm, I'm pretty proper like that. But I think I think some of the guys, uh, um, you know, touched that picture. I think that was the most expensive thing that we saw in that whole uh, in that whole. Um, a tour that they gave us. Very cool, man. Well, listen, thank you so much for coming on with us and telling some stories. That was great. I mean, it's experiencing that is like a once in a lifetime thing, and and uh, you know, I'm sure you're pretty proud to have experienced that. And also the fact that you guys, underdogs a little bit, went on that crazy run and, and produced like an, an unbelievable Stanley Cup run. You know, uh, Evan and I wish you luck in in your defense of the Stanley Cup championship. Thank you guys so much. Thanks for having me. If it's going to be uh, an interview, I'm going to conduct it. So I'll answer my own questions, ask myself the questions, then give y'all the answers. Continuing, the, continuing with the all-Boston show, we have a young, dynamic star in the NHL joining us on the line, Tyler Sagan. How you doing, dude? Good. How you doing? Wonderful, wonderful. So welcome to the Cabby Presents podcast. And, and I got to start with, like, a, a lot of athletes say they don't play harder or more intense against certain teams. But be honest, you have something against the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> I actually got asked that question a couple of times before the game last night. Uh, I think it's the hometown, and um, you know, I kind of kind of have to step up against against I guess against these guys. So um, I don't know. I always try to play a little better against the Leafs. I guess you always try to. No, dude, you always do. Like I think it's <laughs> what seven goals in six games. Is that it? <laughs> well, my mom actually texted me after the game, and she seemed uh, a little mad at me. I thought I. I thought I played a good game last night, and I thought our team did well. And 
obviously the score was run up a little bit, but you know my mom seemed a little pissed that we uh, we beat the Leafs so badly. <laughs> really? So yeah, what, I was what? I was kind of surprised. Like usually she's just supportive and says you know good game, honey. Even if uh, I don't get a shot on net and I'm minus five, but you know last night I was kind of <laughs> like why did you beat the Leafs again? You know they're, they're the hometown boys, and I was I was apologetic. You guys didn't just beat the Leafs like earlier in the season. It was a seven nothing drubbing. And then, you know, Monday night, it was an 8 nothing drubbing. Like, it wasn't just beating. It's smashing, dude. I think we just want to stay consistent. You know, we had a big game against Philly. And, uh, you know, even though the Leafs are uh, you know, battling for uh, a playoff spot, no team's ever shown us mercy. So, I guess we kind of just want to go out and, uh, you know, give the same respect. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel. I mean, we're recording this in Toronto, so we can't be hard on the Leafs. But I feel like last night's game was just. You should have told. You should have told me that before I started talking about the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man. Hey, hey, listen. We got uh, people listening to this all over North America, so I'm sure some people care about the Leafs, but the rest of them can be like, ah. F you guys. Um, Hello, so, Boston fan. Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to your, your Boston people. So, so like, okay. Here, here's a question for you. Like, the the, the Leafs put up. I mean, they get sp- spanked. Eight nothing in a game, and and okay, so you guys had your, your Stanley Cup run, and the hangover lasted probably a little longer than you expected, and then you know then you know you yeah, slumped for a bit, but then you turned it around and then you slumped again. How do you know when a bag skate is coming? Because I imagine <laughs> after an eight nothing loss, the dudes are showing up and there's only pucks on the there are no pucks on the ice in practice. Yeah, uh, there's usually not too many bag skates. I don't think uh, at this level. I actually have never experienced one last year and then this year i can't remember who we lost we lost some team bad and usually if it's uh over five goals i think around you know six seven eight whatever higher nothing um you're gonna you're gonna expect something the next day and our basket was uh, a full-on battle practice just pretty much one-on-one the whole time and personally i think that's worse than just blue line to red line uh for whole practice but um i guess that's classified as a basket for the bruins so the Leafs, the Leafs this morning were just basically wearing parachutes, fighting each other with swords. On the ice. <laughs> really? That was their only option. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't heard. I don't know. So, so Evan and I were talking before uh, the podcast, and you know, we're we're on our way up to the studio to record this, and and you know, he was like, you know, like you you're, you're like a, you're, how old are you? Like nineteen or twenty? I'm 20 now. You're 20. So, like, I imagine, you know, we were just saying, like, when we were kids, you know, the things that we... I'm not a kid. No, 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 no. I'm saying, <laughs> you know, okay. You know, when Evan and I were kids, when we were, like, you know, grade 9, grade 10, like, in high school, yeah. there's certain things you dreamed about having, certain toys or whatever. Okay. But him and I have never been in the position to actually acquire those toys. So what was it for you when you were, like, 13 or 14 or 15 that you dreamt about having that now you can have at any time uh, it was honestly a, a nice car um my dad had the acura nsx that's uh, what your dad was age. driving when you were in high school no that's what my dad had <laughs> my dad had a really expensive nice car you know that was his dream car the acura nsx uh which is a beautiful car it was fast and sexy <laughs> the, car, the car was called an NSX, an Acura car. It's, it's it's a nice car. Um, so that was the the one thing I, w- I always said I wanted to buy uh, was just a really nice, uh, expensive sports car. And um, then last year when I came in, I said if I hit a hit a bonus uh, in my contract, I'd go out and buy one. And I wasn't forced enough to do so till uh, I hit my 20 goal bonus. Um, I think just over a month ago. So I went out and bought my uh, little toy I have now. Uh, don't be shy. Don't be shy. We were just talking about it. You're sitting in that toy. I've already. I told you. I've already told about four or five people. It's my car, 
and they believe me. So what is it exactly? It's a Maserati Gran Turismo S. It's black and it has uh, black rims that came on it. So it's uh, definitely um, my dream I'm sorry, wait, 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 Tyler, did you see a Maserati? Yes, a Maserati. Oh my! So like, you're, so you're driving one of those cars that are like video games, like Gran Turismo. You're driving, you're pushing one of those right now. I gotta admit, sometimes I do some unnecessary, unnecessary, uh, I guess, growls my car makes, and if I'm going uh, by the street across uh, from certain people. I'll uh, make sure my car sounds pretty loud. Oh, oh! So wait, uh, <laughs> wait, oh, so, John? <laughs> so, uh, certain people with skirts on. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> now, what was the, uh, what was, okay, what was the, um, what was the, like, well, listen, you bought your car. That was your dream toy. But yeah. I'm sure now that you're, you're, you know, I actually listened to a Bill Simmons podcast recently, uh, and he had a bunch of Boston sports writers on, and they were talking about the sports culture in Boston, and they said mm-hmm. that other than, they said that after the Super Bowl loss, and that whole thing with Welker and Brady, I know that Brady's the golden boy in Boston, but they said that most people in the office the week after the Super Bowl this year would have said that the most heroed athlete in Boston is you. That even above Tom Brady, the whole office would have picked you if they said, here's the guy that we want to, I don't know, put a poster up on the wall of. Now, that might have changed, but the question that we wanted to ask was, you bought your car, what's the coolest thing you've ever gotten for free? Being Tyler Sagan in Boston, uh, I mean, besides uh, you know dinners often and uh, having a couple drinks with the guys after our uh, cup run since I'm underage, um, I actually did get uh, I, I did get another car beginning of the year that I uh, drove around uh, all year up until I got this one. That was a Mercedes, so um, getting a Mercedes for free uh, in Boston. <laughs> definitely pretty cool as well wow so wait so so did you have to like take a picture with like the guy who owned the dealership's kid yeah. like or show like go to his public school and like hey like it's you know bring an <laughs> athlete to school day like what did you have to do in exchange for a free mercedes i had to uh do a commercial and um a couple of appearances and also throw in some home tickets so it wasn't too much that i was going to complain about i know some of the other guys uh have deals as well and i don't Personally, know if we're allowed to talk about it too much, but um, <laughs> that's one of those uh, one of those things I can talk with you two about since uh, no one in North America is listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but did you ever see that Pittsburgh Penguins car commercial where like guys are like rapping, or like that Ovechkin one? I think Ovechkin did one for like a Washington dealership that was just awful. But like I know the Pittsburgh <laughs> one was horrendous. I think it was. Um, uh, 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 Mark Andre Fleury and I think like Chris yeah. Letang or something like that, or or it was uh, Max. Um, I, guess, I guess you haven't seen the commercial I did for the car yet, have you? No, is it? Is it? Oh, I, I got a YouTube uh, it like ASAP. I did. I did uh, a commercial earlier last year for Dunkin' Donuts that I didn't. Uh, I guess I didn't talk well on it. Apparently, to the boys, they made fun of me for for a while. But I did do a commercial for um, this dealership. It's called Prime Motors. The guy's name is. Uh, Dave Rosenberg and I did a commercial for him and basically it's um, he's in net as a goalie and um, I'm shooting on him with kind of one hand on my stick um, talking on the phone in my other hand nice. and laying on uh, a lounge chair with palm trees around me pretending I'm on a beach on the ice. Well, so. I'm glad that you gave a shout out to Dave Rosenberg at the Prime dealership I, I do. because that way Cabby and I expect 
at least a courtesy car for three or four days next time we're in Boston. <laughs> now that he's made it, we don't have to be around palm trees, but we expect a, a free ride to the airport or something. I thought you were going to be driving my car with me hiding in the back. A hundred percent. So, so we were talking to Milan earlier, and I asked him about like one of the unwritten rules in hockey. And I'm like, dude, you're you're a physical dude. You know, you, you're you're a physical player, but you also have a, a high level of skill. I'm like, what is the unwritten rule about Sidney Crosby? Like, you can't ever actually fight him, can you? And he's like, I know what you're getting at. I mean, every man on the ice is equal. I, I know what you're saying. Like, you know, uh, you you could you know you could play him tough, but he wouldn't exactly fight Sidney Crosby. And then I said, well, who's the guy on your team that could actually fight Crosby and not, you know, hear it from? You know the hockey establishment. Oh, why are you going after Crosby? And he said, "You." <laughs> so if you were, and he said, "You know, in the play- playoffs, obviously things are more intense, and there's more. You know, you, that could actually happen." So if you were to fight Sidney Crosby, how would it go down? And do you believe that you would come out victorious? Being as though you probably with, have been in two fights in your whole life. With uh, with Sidney Crosby, Crosby's obvious. Uh, Horse strength. I don't know how well I'd I'd do in that fight, but you know, playing for the big bad Bruins, um, I think the fans almost expect that me dropping the gloves uh, on purpose has to happen soon. So maybe uh, maybe Crosby's my guy, but I don't know how that turned out. Wait, are you saying that, that, that you feel pressure, some expectation to fight? Because I will <laughs> make it a personal goal of mine to come to every game <laughs> until that happens. If you if that will make you finally come to every game that I play at home, I, I'm down down forever. Oh, nice. Okay. So, uh, I mean, you know, uh, Lucha, you could probably, Lucha is one of the best fighters in the game. So, like, just yeah. just by virtue of being on his team and watching him go to work, you well, would. Picture you, this. Picture this. Milan Lucci's versus Sean Thornton. I've, I've said that to those guys a couple of times. I wonder how that would turn out. That would that would be, well, does it ever, does it ever get really intense in practice? <laughs> not that intense, especially not for, uh. For those two guys, I don't know. It's kind of weird with you know fighters I've met in this league. You know, guys on our team. You know, whether it's Lutz or um, you know Adam McQuay, they're the nicest, easiest going guys off the ice, and you never expect them to really get angry. And then on the ice, they just snap. So I don't know if in practice they'd uh, be be high enough at that intense mode to to drop the gloves against each other. Now we're talking about your beautiful Maserati that you're sitting in while you you, you know you're we're on this podcast. Now you know you you know you at practice and at the rink. What is the What's the hierarchy as far as who gets the best parking spots? <laughs> I mean, you're only 20 years old, so you don't have you don't have as many games as obviously like a Mark Recker, even even a Lucic. So what 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 is the hierarchy for parking spots? It's kind of funny that you uh, brought this up now. It kind of happened a week ago to me. I made a a minor rookie mistake, not knowing that there was a hierarchy in, in parking spots uh, at the rink. So. I came to the rink, um, you know, I had my new car, and Luch actually had his new his new Porsche he got, and Andrew Ferentz, um had his new electric car, that car that Justin Bieber got for his birthday. Don't ask how I know that. <laughs> so they were, they were all pulled up at the front, so I figured, why not? I'll show the boys my new car, pull up to the front, and then when I get into the rink, my strength coach uh, is yelling my name through the hallways, and I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, did you really park your car right at the front row? And I was like, yeah, is that a problem? He goes, yeah, what are you, 19 years old? You can't be parked in the front row. And I was like, okay, sorry. So from now on, I still park uh, I park at the front row, but it's kind of way right to where the media parks, and there's actually a, a garbage disposal right beside my parking spot. So <laughs> I, figured, I figured that's enough uh, to say that I'm still a rookie. Now, in terms of cars, I mean, 
you just listed off about half a million dollars in cars that park in front of the facility. <laughs> Who's the guy who comes to the facility in the biggest duster? <laughs> I mean, who's got oh, like God. the 94 Topaz? No, okay, nobody's got a 94 Topaz. I'm say, you never know. Some guys are trying to save up. But there might be one guy that's got like a, like a Maxima or something, which is a nice car. But uh, I don't know exactly what the car is. It might be a Mazda. It's uh, it's Chris Kelly's. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he, uh, it's not. I mean, it's not a bad car. You know, he's got a, a very nice family and wife and stuff and kids, and yeah. um, so he kind of drives a, a bit more of a, a dad's car, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And, you know, he pulls up in that, which is fine. I mean, you know, most of the dads on our team have you know Escalades and stuff, but um, I guess save your money, right? So wait, he's got like a like a Mazda, like a SUV, like a like a what yes. is it? You know, maybe maybe 2008 pushing it, you know, maybe 2007 or six. But uh, you know, getting the point A, point B, he had what three points last night. So no one's uh, no one's chirping his car. <laughs> that's fine. that's fantastic. That is that's awesome. Um, so um, UK, you mentioned Justin Bieber, and how oh, how you how you knew that particular piece of nugget uh, that Bieber had the same electric car that uh, Ed, uh, is it Andrew Ferentz? You said that has yeah. that. So, okay, I want to get into music real quick. So, like, a few months ago, I discovered that Brad Marchand has this connection with hip-hop. And he's aligned himself with this, with this crew called the Brutan Clan that's going to oh, make this, this EP called the 63 Chambers in honor of Brad and is and his, uh, <laughs> wearing his 36. And uh, he apparently has the nickname the Nose Face Killer. Is that – do you guys use that nickname? I don't I, – honestly, I can't tell you if he likes the nickname or not, you know. If some people call him that on the street, I don't know if he'd appreciate it, um, but he does. He does get called that. I know that's with that Brutang thing or whatever. I know the there's a T-shirt that says No Face Nose Face Killer, and there's also uh, a T-shirt that says Sagan is my homeboy. Nice. So some, sometimes we we sport those when we go out in the streets in Boston, but um, it's not too often. I was at the um, Stanley Cup parade in Boston. Uh, just a, just a strange. Uh series of occurrences i i was good i was went there last year to celebrate my birthday caught a red sox game and you on the, text me well i didn't have your number i i didn't i didn't know that you and evan were so tight so if you guys repeat in 2012 homie okay. i'll be there so right. um uh so i was so i was watching brad marchand spit the try to sing black and yellow by wiz khalifa and he struggles he was, a little. He was, he was he was totally sober i just want to point that out to so he's trying to sing the song. Have you actually heard him rhyme at any point? Um, and can no. he rhyme? I mean, besides singing, um, you know, to lyrics, I don't know if I've actually heard him, you know, spit down a track when he was sober or drunk. Uh, <laughs> no, not, not, not from that guy, no. Some of my buddies back home, yeah, because they're from, you know, Brampton, so it's a little tough there these days, but um, not hard. <laughs> tough. <laughs> tough hanging out at the AMC. So, oh, yeah. yeah. It's tough, it's tough hanging out at the Colossus. It's tough hanging we call, out. We call we call Plaza Rat nice. I gotta admit, I've been there a couple times. Tim Tim Hortons on a Friday night at eleven o'clock. You know, no girls in Brampton, Ontario. Yes, sir. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I used to I used to go to one at uh, it was a coffee time at Bathurst and Steels way okay. back in in high school. There was the same kind of thing. Dudes would pull up in their Civics and, uh, and we just. Why pull. is it cool? I don't get it. Like, I don't know either. Cool? I mean. I, I, don't, I just don't understand. Obviously, yeah, you mentioned it. The Civics are kind of the, the, the car to go to down there. But I, I just don't understand why it's so cool to plaza that. I don't know what, why I was in that phase. 
Well, because when you're 17, there's nowhere else really to go. Like, you could go to, like, the one buddy's house whose parents are always out of town, and he's yeah. got a nice basement or something. You could chill there, but other than that, like, you, you're not going anywhere. Well, you got to prepare, too, because, I mean, you know, it's like now you're sort of like, all right, we're going to have an after party. Do we have any goose at the house? Do we have enough right. supplies? But right. at that I point, you're my like, mom's liquor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, at that time, you're like, you know, we're in Brampton. I need, I need at least 125 Timbits to bring these girls home. <laughs> <laughs> So, so okay, so so staying with music, who runs the iPod in the room? And being that you're only 20 years old, do you get any say about the music that's on that? Absolutely not. Yeah. I, I, I try. I mean, I usually, usually it depends. I don't know. Sometimes it depends if we put a couple wins in a row. It's the same guy who worked the music. It's usually between Ferentz, Boychuk, and Sean Thornton. And uh, usually whenever Thornton's playing his music, it's a little, a little tougher and louder and uh more aggressive non-hip-hop or dance i guess so i always yell at him to put some more provocative stuff on with more words that i can sing to but um <laughs> other than that it's usually usually dance tunes it's usually a, a miniature dance off between lucic uh boychuk and myself oh yeah 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 how, yeah. Do, you, how do you how do you that's how we stay loose right so so who's usually at the top of that podium if it's you three guys dancing Boy, Chuck. Boy, really? Probably. I mean, Luch kind of just stands there and puts his arms out in the air like a big gorilla and kind of dances <laughs> with his chest, you know? And I kind of like, pretty much I got my go-to dugging move that I do to pretty much any song these days. It doesn't really matter. So that's my dance move. But Boy Chuck, you know, he can really uh, put some put some moves together. So I'm definitely impressed with him. I think he's the best. What's the, uh, what's the victory song you guys play after every oh, win? It changes every time, I feel like. I mean, usually it's just uh, anything... That's got a dance beat to it. Ferenc um, uh, always has these big mixes and stuff. Usually, it's it's no words, just something that's got a beat, and everyone's bobbing their head. And sometimes coaches as well. It's kind of it. Now, what, like, um, so, <laughs> what, is there a, is there a song that uh, I mean, you you mentioned hip hop and dance. Is there a song that you know all the words to? Uh, I don't know. I think I feel like I'm really good with uh, with memorizing. Um, lyrics and songs. I don't know why I didn't catch on to it with tests in school, but um, you know, with songs I can really, with songs I can really, you know, you know, say almost every word when they come on. I can't really name a song right now. There's, there's nothing that's the top. I think I think I could do a couple of Biggie songs. Yeah, um, but I, I would mean, need, I would need the music. There's a new song called "Stay Scheming" that seems to be on repeat in my CD in my car right now. But, right, you know, Drake and Rick that. Ross and uh, yep. and uh, who else is on that track? I just know Drake and Rick Ross. For, I think it's. I don't know if it's Wale, but um, or is it Tiger or something? But yeah, stay scheming. That's the one with uh, you wasn't with me when I was in the gym. That's like the big line. <laughs> oh yeah, chirping uh, Kobe. Kobe's hey, wife know. or ex-wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because I mean, she won. She Kobe won. Kobe about to lose 150 amps. Kobe <laughs> might beep. I hate that heavy ham. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I like that you just. I like that you just hit us with a little Ricky Rose just now. Oh yeah. And I beeped out the provocative words. Yeah, nice work. That is very excellent work. So, <laughs> so Evan, Evan is the is the co-host today, and and as a lot of people know from from watching him on like MTV and stuff, uh, you know he's he's a funny dude, charismatic, charming, and he's done a bunch yeah. of these MTV shows like The Challenge. Have you ever, have you ever heard his pickup line though? Who Evans? Yeah. Which is, no? What is it? He always walks up to girls and says, "Hey, do you recognize me?" Like they're supposed to know or something. Oh <laughs> my god! Hey, be, be real. Have you have you said that before? Be no. real. Be real. Evan, he's all over me right now. <laughs> he's all over me right now. We, Tyler and I had dinner 
uh, in Boston a few months ago. And oh, here we go. <laughs> no, I'll leave most of it out, but okay. I unintentionally invited a pirate. <laughs> you know, obviously Tyler's got a face in Boston, so we can't go to, you know, just a normal place. And uh, we went to a nicer establishment and uh, inadvertently invited, uh, yes, Jack Sparrow. Wow. Full wait. dreads. Uh, Literally, beads in the like dreads. Full Jack Sparrow, smoking hot Jack Sparrow, but Jack Sparrow. Yeah, <laughs> so he's all over me for that. Uh, how did how did it work? How did it play out? Did you? I mean, did you get to board the ship? I mean, <laughs> was there was there a treasure that was recovered? It was a game night, so we both went to bed early. <laughs> oh yeah, both of us. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Tyler stuck me with a. Um, this an, an old man that he met, like some homeless guy that he, I don't know. <laughs> Tyler is big on the Make-A-Wish Foundation, so he, he was granting some old man's wish, and so I ended up spending a few hours with this guy. Oh, well, that's very, that's very, that's very kind of both of you guys. <laughs> yes. you, that guy became your best friend. I don't know what you talked about. <laughs> hey, so if they did um, if they did a reality TV show mm-hmm. about your team. Oh, like they followed. So this, is, this is this is what all the boys are very scared of. Like they just said, imagine if there's like an HBO twenty four seven on our team. Because some of the some of the jokes just because we have such a tight group, you know. Like yeah. if you're on the airplane with us, it, I don't know. I don't know how it worked out. So okay, so so well, why are they just because of the jokes, or just because they like the audience would see a side of them being like really goofy that they would wouldn't be comfortable letting people into your your world into your little bubble. Well, yeah, I mean, I think we're professionals and, you know, with media and uh, certain interviews, not like this one. You know, you're very professional and, sound, <laughs> I don't know, very, you know, smart and wise and mature. And I'm yada, sorry, yada. are those more shots at Evan and I? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting words. Sorry. <laughs> no, keep going, keep going. It's funny. Yeah, and I just I just think, you know, like, we, we, li- we live, you know, a good life, and I think sometimes, you know, we may act very immature for being professionals and i just think i don't know if uh some fans would like to see a side of it side of that of us you know some might some might but i don't know how it uh i don't know how it'd work i really don't know we'd have to test those test those waters who do you think would emerge as the fan favorite like if i if i'm thinking of the jersey shore it's either paulie d or Vinny who are like the like everybody loves because they're whatever funny or charming or whatnot so mm-hmm. who, on your team who would emerge as the fan favorite you think um, maybe like uh, I'm trying to think like it'd be someone like undercover, you know, someone that uh, you know, he, like Paisy. I think Daniel Pai, he's a great player, and uh, you know, when it comes to media and stuff, he's more laid back and humble. But he is honestly the the funniest guy I've ever played with, just because he he does things. He, he smokes his head off the wall playing soccer accidentally. He just does all these things not on purpose. And it just makes them, you know, really funny. Does that make sense? Yes. And, you know, spe- sorry, sorry to cut you out. I'm going to say this real quick. And speaking of which, last week, Paul Bissonnette told us a story about oh. when he played in junior, uh, in uh, yeah, in the minors with Dan Paye. Paye was on a breakaway and he crapped himself. <laughs> Where, did you know that story? No, Literally, God, like equipment manager, like you know when you like first have that special dream when you're a kid and you're <laughs> like embarrassed, like you have to like f- that's like the day men learn to do laundry. <laughs> <laughs> it's and so like that was the day that he learned how to wash equipment. Like he just the equipment, he's, he just told the equipment manager to, I'm taking the day off. <laughs> so so get so ask Paye about that. Biz Biz told us that last week on the podcast about Paye's little breakaway breakdown, if you will. 
<laughs> I uh, I don't know. It's it's things like that that makes him a really funny guy. I think if there's like a twenty four seven thing, he'd emerge as definitely uh, one of the fan favorites. Did he score? Uh, I can't remember. Actually, no. He no. He did score because and it happened in elation when he was like celebrating and then and then just uh, just, just so he, he's got so so happy. Just yeah. like. <laughs> now, la- lastly, on this thing, who would emerge as the villain? Who would be the guy that people would like? Much like, okay, if, we, if I take it back to my Jersey Shore analogy, um, it would be the situation. So, who would be like the situation on your team? Come on, now, now like, what if the boys are listening to this? If it's all over North America, how can I rat someone else? Well, I mean, no, no, no. You're not ratting anyone as a villain. Like, who's who's the guy who who's real happy about his abs? <laughs> like, Is that just, you? That might be I you. Mean, but besides Marshy and myself, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I hope he's not listening. Probably uh, I know I said his name a couple times. Probably Thirty. I think <laughs> he. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the fans still still love him, but I think he definitely uh, would be that guy that you know loves his abs and be you know in the mirror uh, in the bathroom thinking no one's looking, just kind of looking at himself. Sakes, <laughs> you don't have to worry about anyone on your team listening because we found out that you're the only player with Twitter on the Boston oh, Ruins. True, you're right. And and so do the guys chirp you about that or? I mean, do you try yep. and recruit them to the Twitter universe? I, I, I've kind of gave up on trying to recruit the guys. Marshawn came on for probably, I don't know, a week. And, you know, the guys don't really make fun of me because all I say in the end is, hey, I'm young, I'm 20 years old, I need this Twitter. I need to, I don't know, something they'll say, I'll just need, I need this to look at girls or something because Facebook isn't good enough. Something that'll work to keep them off my back. <laughs> nice, nice work. Well, listen, um, I hope that some team, some company approaches your team about doing a reality show because I think it would be very entertaining and enlightening for us as fans of, uh, of the Boston Bruins and as fans as, uh, of, of the NHL. Um, so, so if it happens, we'll be watching. In the meantime, we'll be uh, rooting from afar. And if Evan and I are in Boston, we'll definitely, we'll definitely holler at you. I know Evan will probably be there before I will, but um, if... If I do get out there, save a save a spot in that Maserati for me. <laughs> okay, it only fits. It only fits three. Actually, so we're good. Perfect. Well, I three. don't know. Three that's three dudes a in a sports car. car. I don't know if that's really. <laughs> it's really just kind of one and like one and two yeah. female friends. You, you know what I mean. Plus, I got a busy chunk right now. It's busy with all my extra clothes, so that's why I'm saying three. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they they quote sports cars. It goes. It seats two guys. Yeah, five and a half girls. <laughs> <laughs> that should be on the sticker. Uh, well, listen, Tyler, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, man. Wish you continued success this season. And, man, if you have another run and you make it happen, dude. All right. Thanks, fellas. Take thanks, care, we'll man. talk to you soon, buddy. Again, we want to wish Milan Lucic and Tyler Sagan luck in their quest to repeat as Stanley Cup champions. And uh, as, as Tyler mentioned, he's the only guy on the Bruins on Twitter. So if you want to read his thoughts or commentary, you can find him on Twitter at TylerSagan92. And a huge thanks to my co-host, Evan Starkman, for sitting in the pilot's chair. You can find him on Facebook or follow him on Twitter at the Evan Starkman. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, dude. Hey, buddy. It's an absolute honor. Hey, uh, we got to make that trip to Boston. Oh, my God. <laughs> Appreciate you guys listening. I'm Cabby, and I'm gone. Thank you for listening to Cabbie Presents, the podcast.